Thank you again for being here. If you have your Bibles for just a few moments tonight, I want to take you back to a very familiar portion of Scripture, the book of Matthew chapter 11, Matthew the 11th chapter, and I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1, Matthew chapter 11. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John, and this was John the Baptist, this was the forerunner of Christ, this was the one who was called from his mother's womb, the Holy Ghost moved uh, while Mary the mother of Jesus, came to visit Elizabeth. The Bible says that her baby leaped in the womb at the presence of Mary and the child that she was carrying. This is the same John that we're talking about. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and shew John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't know how many times in my life I have read this passage, um, but I have never read it without it speaking to me something fresh, And something new. There is something about this passage that is worth my consideration tonight. And it speaks to me. I think what surprises me um, most of all when I read this scripture was the apparent doubt of this man. John the Baptist. Here was a man who was in a real struggle. There was nothing uh, playful about what he was going through. There was nothing uh, casual about it. Everything uh, in this story uh, speaks to me about the struggles of a man in a particular situation. Everything that John had taught Everything John had ever said, everything that John had ever believed seemed to be in question at this particular point in his life. Why that is so, we do not know. I've read many commentaries and many speculations as to whether John was asking this question of himself or maybe he was asking this to help his disciples. Personally, I do not believe that John was asking 
this question for his disciples' sake. I believe John had some questions himself. Here is the same man who at one point in his life was so sure of Jesus. He was so certain of who he was. Behold the Lamb which taketh away the sin of the world. He is the one who must increase and I must decrease. These are only some of the things that John had said about Jesus. He had spent his entire life up until this point directing men to him, leading them to the waters of baptism unto repentance, but telling them that there is one coming after me that is mightier than I, whose shoelaces I am not worthy to unloose, and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That's the same man that now sits in a darkened dungeon and wonders at what he has preached. John is the desert man. John in the desert did not need proof of Jesus as the Christ. But John, shut up in a prison, becomes a questioning man and a man who had, no doubt, many doubts. Circumstances can cause you to wonder at things that at one point in your life you were so certain of. And here is this man in a dark place. He has been placed in the dungeon of the fortress of Machaerus in the mountains near the Dead Sea. He is no longer a man of the open spaces, but he has become a man confined to a terrible fate, a dungeon down in the recesses of the earth. John, who was born a child of the desert, a man of open air and wide spaces is now put into cramped quarters where four walls surround him and no light of day can be seen. And in that darkness, questions begin to come. Can I tell you that it is the same for any of us that when we find ourselves in a dark place, questions will also come. There are those of you sitting here tonight in this building that wonder about your own salvation or whether you're even a child of God because there are so many questions in your life right now about things that at one time you were so sure. So many things can happen in a dark place. When you cannot see beyond the present moment and it looks like Everything that you have stood for and represented has come to nothing. Questions come out of the dark and the unknown. I believe tonight that God sent me here to this service to remind somebody that just because you are in the dark doesn't mean that you're in the dark. Amen. Just because you don't know doesn't mean that God doesn't know. 
And sometimes we just need to be reminded that we have not lost our mind or we're not going crazy when we wonder and we question in the dark those things that we were so certain of in the light. In the darkness of that prison, there are a lot of things that can go on in the human mind, even in the best of men, even in the most spiritual of people. They can go through times in their life when they question everything and anything. And so it is with life. Here is a man who was so boldly proclaiming Christ at one moment, and now he is wondering about the one he has proclaimed. So sure of him at one juncture of his life, and now he is wondering, is he really the Christ? The question that was asked could be the product of a lot of things. That I am certain that it, it could have been uh, the root of, uh, or it could have been the, the cause of, uh, of many other uh, reasons. But perhaps one reason that John was questioning was because of his own impatience at how God was working things out. If you remember the preaching of John, John was not a milk toast preacher. He came preaching hellfire. He came preaching damnation. He came preaching judgment. As a matter of fact, John's message was repent. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. And his message was so powerful and it was so anointed that it shook all of Jerusalem and the surrounding cities. And they came to him to be baptized because they were so shaken by his message of judgment. He had preached that the axe had been laid at the root of the tree and it was going to be exposed, that sin was going to be leveled and God was going to bring judgment. And now here is this Christ, this one he has proclaimed. He does not seem to be bearing an axe. He seems to be bearing mercy and grace and patience and there is something about him that is long-suffering and kind and tender. And John did not understand, perhaps, why God was not working things out the way he thought they ought to work out. And so he is impatient. He is wanting God to get on with the program. You sent me as a messenger of judgment, and now... I, I should be hearing of judgment, and what I'm hearing is miracles and wonders and signs. And John was a little confused. As far as John was concerned, it was now time for the kingdom to come. And the only way it could come would be for the Lord to lay that axe to the root, just like the Scripture had said. It was coming, but not in the way that John thought it ought to come. And so it happens to many of us that God does not always work out His plan in our life the way we thought it ought to be worked out. And what I think tonight is worthy of your consideration is simply this, that when John doubted and when doubt came to John, John was not content to stay in that doubt. 
Amen. That may not mean much to you, but it means something to me. Because I know what it is to be in a dark place and wonder if anything you've ever prayed matters or anything you've ever believed matters or anything you've ever stood for really matters. And then to ask God to move in a certain way and God moves in a complete opposite way. Can you still trust God when he doesn't answer your prayer the way that you prayed it? Can you still walk with him when God's way of working the thing out doesn't jive with the way you thought it ought to be worked out? And so here was a man in a crisis of his soul wondering about what was going on, but he did not stay in that place of doubt. Amen. He wanted to know, and he went to find an answer. He sent his disciples to find an answer. I am not so much concerned that someone in this building tonight might be wrestling with doubt. Or you may be questioning everything that you believe. What worries me is if you're content with your doubt. And you're satisfied with your worries. If it were me, I would want to find an answer. If it were me, I would want to know, are you the Christ or should we look for another? And there are people here tonight, I'm afraid, that have become content with their doubts. There are people that that we know that have become content with their unbelief, as if their unbelief was going to tie the hands of God. Folks, let me tell you something. Whether you believe God or not, God's still going to work His purpose out. He's going to work it out. He's going to bring it to pass. He's going to fulfill his promise. And my doubt or my unbelief is not going to tie the hand of God that works in my life. John wanted to know, and so he sent. He was not content to have doubt as his companion. Some of you need to get sick of doubt as a companion. Amen. Some of you need to get rid of the question. And the only way to get rid of a question is to ask a question. And don't be afraid to ask the question. Because questions are what lead to discovery. And John discovered soon that what he had preached was true. And he could die in peace. Please hear me tonight in my simple message. Don't give up to the darkness. When an answer can be found by simply asking, Art thou he, or should we look for another? You know what amazes me about God is that he is not embarrassed when I ask him questions. And he is not any less God, nor are you any less of a saint if you ask him a question. There are people that sit on pews all around our world that question their own service to God because they are wrestling with a doubt right now. You know what I find in my text is that questions do not disqualify you from service to God. 
Just because you don't understand or you don't know doesn't disqualify you from serving God. As a matter of fact, when those disciples left Jesus, Jesus turned to the multitude and he spoke of John in the most glowing terms as a man that was unlike any other man, not a reed shaken in the wind, but a man among men, a man who had stood the test. John was no less of a man because he had a doubt than he was if he had never had a doubt. So quit letting the devil beat you up, make you feel like you're backslid because you're questioning some things about God or about your salvation or about where you are, about where you ought to be or all the other things that come in life. Questions do not disqualify you from service to him. Amen. He went to the right source to find the help that he needed. He went to Jesus. Amen. Everybody say that with me. He went to Jesus. You can go to your friends and it's great to have friends. I'm glad I have a few. You're lucky if you have a few in life, and I feel like I do. But as wise as my friends may be, my friends cannot do for me what Jesus can do for me. My friends can come with some of the best advice, but they cannot help me where I need to be helped. The only one that can help me in that darkness is the one that I serve, and I need to hear him. I need to hear from him. Books are great, and I am one that advocates reading the best of books. I believe the more knowledge you gain, the better equipped you are to live. But I'm here to tell you, you can read all the books in the world, but they will not do for you what being in the presence of the Lord can do for you. You can go to the best doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists there are, and I'm not against any of those, but none of them can do for you what simply stepping into the presence of an almighty God can do to allay the fears and calm the doubt. What happens when God works things out different than you and I thought they should have worked out? Can we still serve him? And can we still worship him? What if God uses other means to accomplish his task than what we thought he should use? What if God accomplishes his purpose in another way? His word to John was, don't be offended at how I run my church. Don't be offended at how I run my business. Don't be offended at how I direct your life. And how I orchestrate the things in your life. Don't get tripped up by how I run my church. Amen. You know, that one bit of advice has helped me more than anything in my Christian journey. Because there have been a few times in my life that if I had been God, there would have been a few less people on the face of the earth. Amen. Now, you're smiling, but you know I'm telling you the truth. If I'd have been God, I would have taken care of the problem right then and there. But God chose to do it differently. Instead of kill them, he decided to save them. But saving them was going to take a time and a process. It wasn't going to happen overnight. 
And the people that we give up on, God's still working on. People that we turn our head away from and say God can never reach them, God's still in the business of reaching for them. So don't get tripped up at how God runs His church. Don't get tripped up at how God does His business because it's not going to be in line with the way you and I do our business. God's going to operate by means that we don't even know or understand. When we would come in with judgment, God comes in with mercy. And when we would come in with an axe, God comes in with loving arms. I'm thankful that he's God and I'm not. Amen. Because I would have wrecked some stuff a long time ago. I would have messed up some families a long time ago if it had been left up to me. But God in his great mercy was able to work some things out because he used a different means than I had thought he could use. God has ways of doing his business that will astonish all of us. And I never cease to be amazed when I look around at the grace and mercy of God and see him drawing people back. People that have been driven away from the church because of harsh words. I have seen the love of God draw them back and bring them again to the altar. Don't be offended. Not only that, don't get frustrated. That's not really a word, I don't think, but it does fit. Don't get frustrated. Don't get flustered. When God does not do things according to your calendar. Amen. Just keep on trusting him and keep on believing him. You can be offended at Jesus if you're not careful. Many of people have been so. He doesn't do things the way we think. We get our feelings hurt. We get upset. I don't know how many people have been mad at God in a lifetime, but there's been a lot of folks that have gotten mad at God. But God has a way of working things out. John couldn't see it all at the moment, but the Lord was doing what he had come to do. John was going to use one means, and the Lord chose another. God, John thought it was going to happen this way. God did it that way. You know, it really doesn't matter how God does it. Why don't we celebrate the fact that God's going to do it? Amen. Why don't we celebrate the fact that God's still in control of this thing? As crazy as life is and as dark as it may seem around us at times, God's still up to something in our life. God's still working for our good. He didn't forget about us. You know what's amazing about this story, and, and I'm going to close, but what amazes me about the story of John the Baptist is as, as far as we know, this man who had proclaimed Jesus almost from his birth, but at least from the time that he was a young man, he proclaimed Jesus to be the Christ. That this one who had been so faithful to call out this one and point men to him, there is no evidence in Scripture or in history that Jesus ever visited him in that prison cell. Now I want to ask you a question. Can you still trust God when he doesn't visit your prison? Can you still worship him? Can you just take his word? Go tell John what you see. Blind eyes are being opened. Deaf ears are being unstopped. All that was to do was to remind John of what the Scripture had said of the Messiah, 
that he would come doing all of those things. John, you're not mistaken. But don't let your darkness cloud your vision of what I am and who I am in your life. I am still everything that you said I was and more. Amen. Don't be offended at how I run my business in in your life. Amen. In your life. And how things work out there. The Lord said, you're just going to have to trust me. There's no evidence that he ever visited him. Does that mean the Lord didn't care about him? Absolutely. He cared about him. But for whatever reason, the Lord chose not to come. He did it for a purpose. And sometimes we have to live through some dark places. We have to live through some hard places. But living through them and going on is worthwhile because the message that came back to John was this. He is everything that you thought he was. Amen. Let's stand to our feet right now, and let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Would you do that? Lord, we praise you tonight. Even in the midst of darkness, when we wonder whether or not it's really worth the effort or the time, or whether it's worth all that we have gone through, you have come to reassure us. We just need to keep on keeping on. We just need to hold on a little bit longer. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I trust you tonight. I trust you tonight. I trust you tonight. I trust you, Lord. Hallelujah.